Hi, this is Dr. E. Hi, this is Dr. Dre. Welcome to our podcast, Mixtape Hope. Hope. In today's segment, we bring you behind the beats and have a real conversation with Todd Thomas, better known as Speech from the Grammy Award-winning group Arrested Development. Speech shares with us the journey of storytelling, being real, fashionably cool, and finding his truth by being authentic in what he writes. What advice would he share with our youth on maximizing in the now and exploring social consciousness? What does hope mean to him? Tune in. Be in the present moment with us as we unpack parenting, community, and our responsibilities to each other. Just going to jump in. I'm so excited. First of all, 1992 was a pivotal year for me. I left a very comfortable, very small suburban Catholic high school and was launched onto LSU's main campus. And I remember in those moments trying to figure out what do, what do I like? Not just what was kind of in vogue in the cafeteria, but what do I like? And so Arrested Development right. for me and your lyrics were truly, truly broadening what I often didn't see day to day, but what I knew from my upbringing, my grandparents, uh, my mom's one of 14. They grew up very in very rural Louisiana, no electricity, no indoor plumbing. And I cried to go spend summers there. Like I, to this day, it was one of the most pivotal moments uh, of my life was the memories there. And so fast forward now, it, it, it really is. And there's so many things I share with the kids. And I said, this, that, those summers, those moments really made me and, and, and I just, I feel a, a connection to you with that. So, um, wow. yeah, so I'm going to jump into a question that I have and we're just going to kind of ping pong is, um, the healing that happens through music for you and how you convey things that you don't directly want to speak about what you speak about yeah. how, how do you how do you process that and translate those emotions those thoughts onto paper and then into musical lyrics well, that's a great question um for me personally you know music has been a refuge for me f- since i was a little kid so um probably around 11 or 12 and so over those years Either I was pouring myself into DJing, which was my way of sort of processing emotions and feelings. And when I was down, I was proce- I was going to, to DJing. And then when I started doing lyrics um, and MCing, it took on another level because now I'm able to express actual, you know, concepts and stories as opposed to just play music that would the music itself would change my mood or attitude. Now I'm able to actually create stories and express what I'm feeling in the music. And especially when Arrested Development started, my growth as a human being really took off because instead of me just writing rhymes and wanting to be fly with rhymes and just be like fashionably cool with my rhymes, I wanted to start telling stories that for real resonated with me personally. And that was the start of Arrested Development, which, you know, in hindsight, I feel like that's the reason that concept took took off for me. Cause I had done pretty, I'd done a lot of hip hop 
prior to Arrested Development with mm-hmm. other people. And when I decided to be more authentic to who I really was, and when I decided to really write about the things that were going on inside of my heart, I think that's what ended up resonating with the public. And it also gave me a music career. So, yeah, so I think it came over time, learning how to write and, and you know, sort of explore my feelings and my thoughts and still learning. Like to this day, I've been at it for over 30 years and I still am trying to learn how to um, truly express the thoughts and the feelings that I'm feeling and try to be better at writing. So it's, it's a constant growth. So cool. if I answered the question, you absolute. did. And so absolute. Yes. And so honest that we are, we're still young in this game. That's uh, I, I use the term all the time, the practice of medicine. We should never be grown up. We should constantly be trying right. to learn how to be healers. Um, yeah. So my next question, you, if, you know, you are in, have two children. Am, am I correct? Yeah, I have two biological kids, and um, my wife and I are big on not legally adopting, but there's been numerous kids that have come our way because they were having family issues in their biological families. And so through that, we've had four kids. That's amazing. That's So we're going to claim four. That's awesome. So as a parent, I'm just going to cut right to it. As a parent and an artist, and and how do you convey some of the things that you know that they're going to go through and that you expect that they're going to try to cope with and try to deal with. We can't always, um, we're on the side of saying, we can't just say, I I told you so, or this is going to happen with We're We can't predict into their, their own individual futures and their situations, but we can certainly help God. And for me, for Luis and I, we come from, you know, Strong, strong bones of faith. You know, you have to put your faith out there. You have to be, uh, you have to be present with your faith. Not just, it's not just the buildings you go into. It's not just the things you, you wear around you. You have to practice it every day. And so for the youth, it's important for us, particularly to have them be authentic in the music that they listen to and and wrap themselves around whatever it is that they're going to be drawn to but take those seeds of whatever genre it is but take those seeds out and allow that to help them in their growth process how would you speak to that youth that is as you were searching looking and a lot of times yes trying it they're hungry they're hungry and they're scared and they're trying to find I, I'm just putting myself back there. They're trying to find those seeds of what resonates with them in order to try to heal very small or very big situations in their life. Um, how how would you address them in that in that course? That's a great question. Um, for me personally, it depends on the age of the the youth. You know, when when our kids were much younger we used to expose them to a lot of things so that we, especially things that they were naturally gravitating towards. So for instance, um, when they were younger, the equivalent of Cardi B or whatever the hip hop artist was that was sort of gaining a lot of traction and getting a lot of popularity for their age group when they were younger, because my kids are now 26 and 24. So, um, but when they were younger, we used to actually like, sometimes we would catch them listening to stuff that, 
in our house, generally, we didn't really play that kind of stuff. So we would hear them play it and they would turn it off if they knew we were coming. And then we would be like, no, 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 keep it on, keep it on. And it was a great opportunity for us to just have conversations. And what I personally try to do in my home is create this atmosphere, this culture of being relatable to what they're feeling in the moment, trying to really put myself back into what it was like when I was their age, what things appealed to me, how important those things were, and then talk at that level for them to understand um, for their future and for their spiritual growth and for their life in general so that they can it all instead of making everything quote-unquote good or evil around them. So instead of doing that and telling them what not to do, we generally speaking would analyze things and help them come to various conclusions based on what we're analyzing. So um, for instance, my kids used to go on a road with us We'd be in Germany and there's something called the red light district there in Germany, uh, certain places in Germany, like Hamburg, for instance. And, you know, we'd take them in the red light district and they'd ask, like, what is this? You know, because it's prostitutes like in the windows selling their bodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we would explain it as opposed to hide it from them. And then when we get in a club, there's videos of whatever the artist was at the time, but like the equivalent of like WAP or like, you know, Cardi B or whatever. And, Oh, Meg, Meg, Megan the Stallion type stuff. Mm-hmm. And instead of us like covering their ears or covering their eyes, we're just like, okay, so let's talk about this. What do you think's happening right there? What do you think? Who do you think that that's geared toward? What do you think of the message is? And we just really have great conversations about it all instead of hiding it. So those are just one, those are just a few examples. But I feel like setting a culture up of letting your kids, um, analyze this life that's in front of them or letting the youth really, not just your kids, analyze the life that is in front of them and come up with conclusions and guide them a little bit, but still helping them come to their own conclusions. What I've learned is that if people come to their own conclusion, they're a lot more likely to stick to their convictions as opposed to you um, handing them a conviction that they don't necessarily share. So that's, that's what I've been doing. Speech. I think that brings up a great point as far as the age the communication and just finding ways of trying to connect with our kids. Our spread is 16 to nine. And one of the things that I kind of tortured them with is we kind of skipped over the Mickey mouse uh, Disney (laughs) tunes. And I just started the indoctrination and okay, this is the Pesh mode or this is, you know, rebirth, rebirth brass band. This is you two, you name it. This is arrested development. And so to this day, We'll we'll play a game where we're driving in the car and with the Spotify, it's take turns DJing and everybody gets a say in turn. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and it's a great way when they're picking their stuff. I'm learning new stuff that. and it's keeping me open minded and pushing me out of my comfort zone just to keep me keep me uh, active. It's so true. And it growing. is so true. I totally think that's great. I love when we like as parents or as adults like when we allow them to express themselves, number one, they feel so heard, so seen. And number two, they're so excited to share who they are and what they're passionate about that you have their attention and then you're able to discuss the issues or whatever it is and just, just have good conversations. And then they start to build trust in who you are. They trust that you care about who they are and that you're not just trying to steal their fun or, 
you know, sort of steal away their joy and passions in life. That or, you're trying to just guide them. That's or it. Dictate who they're going to be or what they're going to become or what they need to listen to and enjoy. Exactly right. They're not, you're not us. trying to dictate who they're going to be. Absolutely. They're no. not us. They're not so us. Cool. And it's different times. And, and I sent over a video clip. Uh, I'm not sure if you got to see it, but, you know, one of the things that you were like the top of my list of requests here, but um, it probably was about six months ago that Manny and I were uh, our oldest. We were driving and we stopped at a light and I looked over and put the window down and handed, first of all, a smile, a respectful smile, because Luis had told me a couple years ago, he said, you know, one of the things, if you see someone out there to the kids, he said, you know, one of the, the easiest, simplest, most humane things you can do is just validate them by having eye contact and smiling and wave and don't pretend that they're not there. So I rolled down the window and handed him something and I rolled up the window and I said to myself, kind of, you never know, that could be Mr. Wendell. And out of the side comes, Manny says, yep, arrested development. And I just, it was our moment, right? And so from then we just launched this whole, you know, I'm like, I can't believe, you know, oh my goodness, Bone Thongs and Harmony and da-da-da. And we we were just going back and forth. And it was just this really beautiful connection. Um, But that brings me to my next, you know, point is that we also talk to the children a lot about I didn't know what social consciousness was, that that as a term, as a child, but I knew what reality was. And my parents were, I, I think they were, they were very strict, but I think they also let us see a lot of the um, scales of society. And and I remember one distinct day we were um, coming back from church maybe, and the whole big van loaded up with children, obviously. And we stopped and someone from the back said, you know, I just don't know why, you know, that person doesn't get a job. And my dad has few moments where he, you know, gets really angry. And one of the things he stopped and he turned around and he said, that person gets up every day, all day and comes here. This is their job there. You respect them there that this is the epitome of discipline. And if we took the time to learn and listen to the issues that are going on to have him here, That's that's where you step into. So it was it was a yep, really cool moment that we turned around and looked at each other and said, you know, this is this is our responsibility as a as a community, um, and it's something yeah. that we've we've definitely been charged with. We didn't ask, you know, we don't we don't ask to. There, there's no guidebook on how to reach out and how to help, but it's easy oh, sure. that you know we talk about in our house a lot we talk about the 10 commandments we talk about yeah. you know there's 10 rules and our, even our 9 year olds like can't be that hard there's 10 rules right. you know and if you look back <laughs> if you look back at a lot of faiths there there's it's it's very simple it's very simple to do yeah. great things but um i know I faith is a big part of who you are and uh, and i'm sure it has it has helped propel your soul into this journey and this path that you have so brilliantly Very much. blazed. Um, can you speak on how you, again, in this world and in this industry, how you s- try to shed light on all the good? I think you mentioned it like with Cardi B, right? So a lot of people, there, yeah. there's a lot of people that like to throw daggers and arrows at things because people look or act differently than they did. But there's a beauty in every single moment and every single human being that we should, we are again, compelled and charged to recognize. How do you blend your fervent faith with your amazing talent? One of the yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, it's, 
it's a, you know, it's a process. And so when I, when I first was releasing the Arrested Development albums, I had faith in God in general. I was not practicing any particular religion. I wasn't a Christian. So a lot of the lyrics would, would make it feel like I was, but I, I really wasn't. So that was just a general belief in God. And then um, as I became a Christian in 1996, I started to really have to search. You know, it was a work in progress, searching how to balance my success as an artist and my faith. And it was, and it still is a constant, you know, reevaluation as to how to best do that. Whether it be, you know, for me, I've had Bible studies with, you know, like being on tour and I'll have public Bible studies and we're just, wow. you awesome. know, sharing the word with whoever would want to come, you know, and we've had great success with that. And you realize that so many people are thirsty and hungry for clarity and for something that doesn't change, something that's more static that they can sort of live by that's not just their own emotions and their own feelings. And so that was some things that I've done over the years. And um, other things of just simply you know, sharing my faith with people or sharing about my conversion and, and how that happened for me, because it I wasn't a easy conversion to Christianity, for instance. You know, for me, I really disliked Christianity for a lot of my life, um, my early adulthood. And then I was able to be convinced about Christianity from looking at the scripture. So I that's why Bible study was so important to me, because I it really changed my opinions. And I felt like it probably could change a lot of other people's. Sure. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a constant work in progress. And what I found to be most effective is just making sure that I myself am doing everything I can to live out the life as best as possible that Jesus asked me to live. So it's it's not easy. It's not always easy to well first to live it at our as ourselves and then also to be accountable for another generation and another one or two or four little lives that, you know, at the end of the day, first of all, they're only lent to us, like my mother always says, they're just lent to us. And, you know, whether yep. it, it's through loss and we lose a lot. Um, in this thing called life, and it's for the ones of us that are quote left behind to to try to, to try to pick up these pieces and and do better and and but um you know one of the things that I know I would like to ask you is you know for this next generation that we're seeing unfortunately record numbers and statistics of depression and anxiety and just their their uh, I guess, overwhelming things on their shoulders and their minds. And, but at the end of the day, if you had, I don't know, a minute with, with, with the ears of the youth right now, what would you say to them as far as um, hope? Just, just that, how, how would you help them navigate what that means for them in a day, a week, a month, what they're looking forward to, because you started this conversation with a very impactful vantage point, And that was the now and being present in the now. And hope is certainly, you know, expecting something for the quote tomorrow. But I think in, in order to be able to get to the, to the tomorrow, we really have to polish off 
the now. So if you had a minute to, to speak to maybe the youth out there who are suffering through moments of feeling not good enough, not there, not, um, not polished enough. Sure. Um, for me, I, what I would encourage the youth to do is to simplify, get rid of all the data. It's just too much data. There's too much stuff going on that with each data point, it changes the, the direction of what they're striving to do that day. So whether it's TikTok or whether it's whatever on social media or just all these data points are coming in and they're constantly giving them what they should be doing. And it's constantly different depending on the whim of the data. So I feel like simplify. And there's a South African boy, I think he was 11 years old, who had a quote that I I use all the time and I think of it for my life. And it was three things that says, do what you can with what you have presently with the people around you. And to me, for all of us, young young youth or adults, if we could just do that, do what we can with what we have, with the people around you, then it always it is it is always applicable because when the groups of people around us change, we still do what we can with what we have. When what we have changes, we still do what we can with what we have. And so it's always applicable. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what age you are. It's always applicable. It's always something simple. It gives you instant gratification to know that you are purposeful, that you are intentional, and you are making a difference. And it might be a huge difference depending on what you have and who's around you. And it might be a very small difference but it's still a difference and it still depends on what doing what you can with what you have and affecting the people around you. That is so Uh right on. And one of the things that I continually kind of talk to the kids about is just gratitude, the ability to, to be thankful for what they have and, and accept themselves and try to be the best versions of themselves that they can. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. I feel like I went to church. I feel like I went to church in the middle of a field with no right. walls and sunlight and it's um and and things should feel like that and connecting with people that um you never knew you would and someone that wrote words on a piece of paper and recorded them, you know, when I was a teenager and put it out there for the world and shared his story. So for that um I thank you and I appreciate the time that you've given us and maybe I thank can convince so someone to bring me up <laughs> August 28th. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. August 28th here in Atlanta. It's an easy yeah. nonstop flight. We love yeah, Atlanta. We love Atlanta. Um, Even if we are big saints fans. Please come. Yeah. I mean, let, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let me know if you come and I'll make sure you guys get, um, I'll make sure I'll put you guys down for a backstage pass. Oh if you, my if you do gosh. Come. Oh, now good. I'm really not going to be able to stop crying today. Um, so I know you're busy, but I do have a question. Who plays the telly? Are you multi-instrumental? Uh, like You can see the telecaster. Yeah, you know, your guitar. I am not. I know. Yeah, that I bought it and never learned how to play it. Oh. I was sitting there looking like I'm, I'm, I'm incredible, but I'm, I'm actually... 
So <laughs> never got around to learning. <laughs> so talk about comfort zones. Andrea here in 2007 <laughs> gifted me with a surprise guitar I'd never played in my life, but tapped into something oh. that was so pressurized, <laughs> so powerful with all the songs that I listened to and the mixes that I did in the operating room and the CDs that I burned for her, the mixtapes. She kind of missed wow. that phase of my life. But the mix CDs right. and now the Spotify mixes that we share, that basically never stopped. But thanks to her, I have a guitar just like that. That uh, I tool around with everyone. Do you play? Did I you do. learn? I, I did learn. So that that launched, that's, that's I guess, my, karar, my um, guitar trying to play career. Oh, he does, and that's we're fantastic. in a band, and and I I also bullied him into being in a band for our healing, of course. Right. And uh, right. I play bass guitar, so it's it's an interesting Come on. mix. <laughs> yeah. So she I picked up that. bass so how, two years. So how ago. many how many pieces is in the band? So I know it's you, you on guitar, you on bass. We have a drummer, Dave Vasquez, um, a vocalist, Noel Young. We have um, an excellent oh, uh, saxophonist, keyboard and saxophonist, Cedric Hawkins. He's amazing. Um, and then we have the Admiral, nice. uh, Kevin McCormick. Yeah, and we 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 and we have a judge, Judge Scott Schlegel, uh, is on guitar. It's it's just it's fun. And everyone who's come through this door. I have to tell you, speech. It they've brought their own element of healing in there. It, it's 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 just a really cool communion that happens every week. So, so we're we're excited. So, <laughs> yes. So when you go into practice, right? No matter how tired you are, or what's going on, do you just leave there like ecstatic? Ecstatic. Generally speaking, yeah. I do actually. <laughs> like there music a has a way of <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, you know, there's sometimes when it's just work. Oh, it's no. Just, for we me, haven't gotten but, to that level. But yeah, no, there's sometimes when it's just work. And especially recently, because we're, I had to train some new people in the group that have never done this music. So a lot of it's repetition for me, but for them, it's new. So it's, that could be work. But in but generally speaking, yeah, when the music kicks in, there's another level of just, um, just being able to let go of the things that are, heavy on you and just in flow taking off elevation yes absolutely yes yeah. an elevation i love that yep i love that oh well speech i um am elevated i'm on cloud nine here please give our best to your wife your children your thank your crew you. and uh blessings all around and um thank you thank you so yes, much thank you so, so much grateful. for the time. So, so you guys and you guys were a light it's so great to you know have this talk with you it was really encouraging for me too so thank you and thanks to our producer john and john gerard, john gerard jillian sandoz for our, our assistant and for reaching out you. and connecting yes, with connecting mike with so mike. that's how all this came about nice awesome well look you have a blessed day and and hopefully you'll just pick up that guitar and just just start just start strumming away <laughs> Maybe make you it look good really. all, <laughs> yeah, right. all right there you go <laughs> it's a deal <laughs> well look you take care thank you again have a great night okay god bless you god bless. Thank you. Yes. have a great week stand tall go ahead mr window yeah.